Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn to start the podcast, but when I got my report card when I was in school, I didn't have any trouble taking that back to my mom because I knew I had good grades. Does Purdue have good grades on this midterm report card that we're about to turn in? I don't think so. If I had these kind of grades, I would not want to show them to my mom. This is the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast on the Believe Network, presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Thank you so much for tuning in once again on the YouTube channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, watching. Make sure you are subscribed. Stop it right now. Scroll to wherever you need to scroll. Open the app back up in case you opened it and then closed it because you just turned it off like, Okay, it's playing. I can go to a different app. It's still going to play. Go back. Go back right now. Hit the subscribe. Hit the follow button. Helps us out tremendously so more people will find the show when they're looking for Purdue podcast or college football podcast. It helps me, which will in turn help you because I'll be happier doing this show and it'll allow more people to interact with the show and more people to comment on the show. Thank you so much for everybody that has been commenting, liking the video. Um, it's been really appreciated so far here through seven games of the season. And if you missed our interview with Sam King from the Journal and Courier, uh, make sure you go check it out. We did a kind of mid-season check-in with him. Um, and I'm going to kind of do something on my own, just in a different little way. Um, I wanted to kind of review these seven games as we are in the bye week for Purdue. And where has this team fallen short? What kind of grades do they deserve? In my opinion, I would love to hear your guys' feedback as well. Um, What grade would you give Brian Walters, the quarterbacks, the offensive line, linebackers slash edge, defensive back? What grade would you give the special teams? I don't think we're going to have to spend a whole lot of time on it because I don't know that they have a very good grade right now. But you know who has a really good grade in my mind? Obviously, they get a good grade because they're sponsoring the show. But Bet Online does a fantastic job, A pluses across the board. If you haven't been watching baseball, it's been pretty darn entertaining. And these championship series have been great back and forth so many home runs late in games and a couple of walk-offs it's been great it's a texas showdown in the postseason and bet online is your number one source for all your baseball wagering info yes they have more than football as i've been telling you with up to the minute stats news scores matchup breakdowns get the latest odds spreads and totals for the nfl college football and baseball at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates. 
um, with stats, news, and odds right there. All you need to do is go over and click on your mobile device. Boom, right there. We have everything you need to stay up to the speed on each LCS all the way through to the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code when you sign up. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That promo code, as we've been telling you time and time again, B-L-E-A-V, that's believe. Bet online, where the game starts. Okay, where I want to start with this report card is I just want to do an overall grade of the team. So top to bottom, you can kind of average them out. Where would Purdue be right now? I gave the question to Sam King. The other day, what grade would he just specifically give Ryan Walters? And I think he might have, you know, um, I don't know if he gave it really to the team because I, I, I don't think that the team deserves a B minus, B, B minus. I don't really think that they're um, there um, when they have it up three games below 500. They could ultimately turn in a B, B minus by the end of the year if they win four out of the last five games and make a bowl game. We'll get more into those as the uh, the next couple of weeks unplay as uh, Nebraska coming up this week. Tough game, but I think a winnable game. Very winnable game for, for the Boilermakers. As a team, I was kind of going back and forth. I, I knew I didn't want to get higher than a C. I didn't even think I wanted to give them a C plus because I think that's – a little slightly above average. And I think this team for the most part has been below average in a lot of areas. You look at some of the stats and how they rank across the board in uh, across college football, they're near the bottom or in the bottom half. Um, not, not completely bottomed out. You know, they're not one of the worst programs. They're near the bottom in the power five though. So I think I'm going to give them a C minus as a whole. That like, like what Sam said, and I think what I've tried to iter- reiterate, if I can get my tongue out of the way. I think this team has been competitive, and they've been right down to the wire in a lot of these games. Um, whether it's the Fresno State game, whether it's the Iowa game. Uh, they were in the Virginia Tech game was close all the way throughout. And if you look at it, Virginia Tech is only has one conference loss. So they're not a terrible team. They haven't beaten anybody really spectacular, but they're about in the same boat as Purdue. So you're on an even par with them right now. Fresno State, um, I don't think is in the driver's seat for the Mount, uh, Mountain West uh, conference anymore. But I think that. The games that Purdue was competitive in was largely all of them, except for you could say the Wisconsin game that came kind of got away from them. Um, the Syracuse game, I mean, outside of the turnovers, they moved the ball very well um, on par with what Syracuse is doing. Defense struggled with the running quarterback um, and Ohio State game. As it was their our shortest podcast of the year because there was not a whole lot to say. I mean that that game would alone would deserve an F because below average, failing in a lot of different areas. And I'm interested to see how this team uses the bye week and potentially bounces back. Uh, I think there's 
They've had a lot of time to sit on this. Uh, I think that it's going to be a a good week to self-evaluate, self-scout, and kind of figure out what needs to be fixed. Because it can be hard to evaluate yourself um, throughout the season because you're always you're focused on the opponent and not really focused on yourself. And I think Ryan Walters has done some of that because of some of the changes that they've made um, with him calling the defense and having Kevin Kane up in the booth um, and Graham Harrell up in the booth. I think those changes were necessary, and I think that they did help, at least for the Illinois game. Um, the Iowa game, I think, is just – an offensive struggle and you see what i was still continuing to do they're just absolutely suffocating teams they suffocated wisconsin and they're probably going to do the same um and they probably did the same to to minnesota so i'm i am struggling to go higher than anything on a c minus and it's going to be very tough for me to grade anything else higher than that uh, because I, I really have not seen a ton to be overly positive about. I'm still positive long term with Ryan Walters. I think what he brings to the table each and every day, as Sam King mentioned, kind of that evenness um, as far as his demeanor and how he interacts with the players, how he interacts with the media. I I think he's got that steely, you know, kind of I'm trying to think of he's just got that demeanor where don't piss him off because he'll get in your face maybe in behind closed doors and tell you this is not right. This is how we're doing things here. It feels like he knows what he wants from this program, and he's not overly nice. Feels like he probably deals with the, he's you know pleasant enough um, with the with the media, but it feels like with him being that consistent, it feels like you know what you're going to get with him, no matter at what stage you are in the program, whether you're a freshman or a senior, a red graduate player, or you're a coach. You should know what you're getting from Ryan Walters every single day. Um, Coaching staff-wise, I haven't loved Graham Harrell's offense. Um, Kevin Kane's defense has played well in spurts. Uh, just hasn't been consistent enough for me to give him, you know, a more than C plus grade. So those two guys combined, I I think that I I don't necessarily think. The game plans, the game plan against Ohio State. I, I, I wish there might have been a little bit more, and it, and it's hard to do against Ohio State. They have so many different options, so many different playmakers to double. You know, specific guys, um, and they just got beat by a fourth string running back down Hayden and another running back. Um, wasn't even a running back; it was a wide receiver, but. It just feels like they really didn't have any answers to stop any part of Ohio State. And if you could have at least taken the running game away, which was there for the taking, I would be a little bit more higher on Kevin Kane than I am. So I'm going to give the 
the the coaching staff as a whole, um, you know, it's not really if Ryan Walters. I wouldn't put into this um, all solely on him on the coaching. I'm talking more the coordinators. This is coordinator grade, coordinator grade. I would give a D plus. Um, not not super happy with. Um, you know, I I know a lot of people are already upset with Harold when out of there. I don't know. It's it's hard to find a fan base that's actually happy with their offensive coordinator. I mean, you, and not unless you're running a a true high powered spread, throw the ball around offense. I mean, I know Ohio State's probably finally starting to come around on Brian Hartline, but it's it's still Ryan Day's offense. Um, I, I don't know if you're really happy. There's not a whole lot of fan bases that are completely, utterly in love with their offensive coordinator right now, and I think you can definitely put Purdue fans in that in that category. The play calling offensively has just been not not utterly disastrous, but like I've said time and time again here in these first two weeks, I don't know what the identity. I don't know what direction they want to go. They're starting to run the ball a little bit better, but it felt like that was just a non-factor. And I don't know. QB, Hudson Card. Been banged up. Uh, 1,600 yards uh, plus uh, throwing the ball. 7 to 5 TD interception ratio, completing just over 60% of his passes. That's that's not a great percentage if you look across college football. I think the it, maybe that that was like ten years ago. That was you know pretty good. It's not super good at the moment. Um, you would probably want more closer to sixty-five to seventy in that range. But I think that also has to do with the guys he has out wide. That has to do with the offensive line struggling to protect him at times. I still feel like. I haven't seen, and and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe some somebody can point out an instance, but I feel like he hasn't. Hudson hasn't really done outside of the Iowa game. Felt like he hasn't done a ton to screw things up. I don't think he's at the level of where he's a game manager, but I don't think he's been the reason why they're competitive in the games. I I don't think he's going out there and winning drives or leading them down the field all the time when I think that there's more meat on that bone. I think there's more that he can do. And like I said, I think some of that is the offensive scheme taking away from the the playmakers have just not really stepped up. Uh, out wide uh the running game hasn't been helping tremendously the offensive line has let him down in certain games and sometimes when you see quarterbacks that have that that skill level to where they could possibly be seen as a player at the next level you you think you you're going to win more often than not with those type of guys and we just haven't seen that from Hudson yet. And I'm hoping that it turns around. It could, we could find out in these next five games that he takes that next jump. I'm still waiting for him to just go out there and just wow us. And I haven't been wowed. So I'm going to give him a C. 
pretty average. I think he falls in that space of what I mentioned, game manager, or he's the reason you're winning. I think he kind of falls in that in that middle area. So running backs, I'm going to give them, I, I think because I think they're trending in the right direction, I'm going to give them a B minus. Um, Maccabee and Tracy specifically, I, Downing has been good in spurts, but they just haven't used him a ton. I think he has around like 20-something carries. Maccabee, surprisingly, he has 105 carries, as you can see on the scroll at the bottom of the screen. I didn't think he had 105 carries. That's that's wild to me. Um, but he's averaging 4.6 yards a carry. And I think that average has slowly been kind of going up here these last few weeks. And he's definitely been protecting the ball a lot better since the Syracuse game. I think he might have had like one or two fumbles. But I think we're recovered. Um, one of them, one of them wasn't. I think after the Syracuse game, he fumbled and lost one, fumbled and recovered that one. Um, but Tyrone Tracy, if he gets healthy, um, which I think, I think he probably will find out Monday with uh, Ryan Walters' press conference that hopefully he comes back for the Nebraska game. That would be huge. Another weapon that this offense can use. Uh, he's averaging 5.9 yards a carry. So when he gets the ball in his hands, he's making making plays with it. Um, we've seen him break off a number of runs. He is, does a great job of finding the hole and exploding through it. I, I think he's those two guys have done a, a really good job um, running behind an offensive line that has been consistently inconsistent. So I would give them a, a B-. minus. Wide receivers slash tight ends. I'm going to give him a C plus um, leading receiver. Deion Burks at 15 yards per catch. He leads the team with five TDs. He's probably out of the seven games had probably four solid to really good games. Um, and three games where he's kind of been a no show. I would say three, two to three, two to three games. So more often than not, he's still having a productive day on the field. But ultimately, what does that mean? You need you need him to have these these big long shots, these big plays. And again, that goes back to the offensive identity. I don't know where this air raid has gone. I don't think it's there. I think we need it to we need to test out. You know, throw the ball deep, take some more shots. Um, because I think these guys um, have the potential to play, be playmakers. Um, and I know we've had a comment um, from Big Time Boiler in the last uh, episode with Sam where he disagreed with that there's playmakers out wide. Um, I might push back on that a ton, not a lot, but I'll push back on it a little bit. I think there's potential for these guys to be good playmakers. Um, but you've had injuries. Um, you even all the way back in the first couple of days of camp with Erdine going down the FAU transfer. Um, you've had Garrett Miller work his ba- way back, and then Max Clare go down. Um, you've had Yassin miss time, um, and he was probably your most consistent possession receiver. And not having him has hurt a lot. I think that was a good, reliable option for Card to go to 
um, especially on third down. It felt like he made a lot of um, big third down catches and not having him out there definitely hurts. Um, I'm interested to see if we got, start to see more Huron Tibbs, Mershon Rice, uh, Dixon Deal, um, Dixon Veal, excuse me. If we start to see more of those guys, we've seen Dixon Veal play more and get more involved in the offense here recently. Um, I feel like he's kind of taken over that Yassine um, role. And I'm still waiting for TJ Sheffield to come out and have a really good game. I think he had a good game against Iowa, but I, I'm I'm waiting for one of these guys to break out. And we just haven't seen somebody break out um, outside of Burks in a couple of games. So just finding, try to find some playmakers. Let's try to find some playmakers over these next five weeks because I think you have, you have potential there, but I don't think it's, it's really revealing itself here um, so far. O-line, like I said, consistently inconsistent, C minus. Uh, they show up one week. Um, they don't show up the next. Um, these last two weeks of of gameplay really struggled a lot. Um, they have 17 sacks given up so far on the year. And having some injuries with Musa, um, Bo. We know Bo's out for the year. Hopefully Musa is, you know, just a, a one, um, you know, he left the game. I think he left the game on his own power, though. And I would hope that, you know, he can come back. He used this bye week to get healthy because I think they've really struggled to run up the middle, no push, and you need some of those guys to be out there. You need both those guys to be out there and be healthy, but Bo's not going to be back. But I think having this bye week can help out that unit a lot. Um, Working in whoever is the full-time replacement for Bo. And if Musa is out, you have, again, two weeks, essentially, of practice to um, work in whoever is going to fill in his spot until he gets back into the lineup. because. These guys have really struggled and they needed they needed the bye week because you could kind of tell that as these weeks have worn down that they have kind of worn down themselves and have really struggled. You know, maybe the strongest player has been Gus Hartwig because he's only played th- three, four games. Um, so this this unit, I think, will need to keep establishing the run game to help out the entire offense because other than that, this offense hasn't looked out, um, looked overly impressive um, in a lot of areas. Um, Defensive line. Let's start there. Um, They've looked good at times. They've been pretty solid against slowing down the run game. I would like to see more pressure out from the middle. Um, feels like we're getting tackles. We're getting some tackles for loss. But I'm not necessarily thinking that 
they've been exceeding or raised the floor or raised the ceiling to what they can be. And I would like to see more out of them. And, and you know, you can include the edge kind of guys, the, the linebackers also in this front seven. I kind of talk about the front seven a lot, not just excluding the the line and the linebackers just because those guys, you know, are all very, you know, obviously they're in the front seven, but they're, you know, playing off the ball or on – um, on the edge and, and rushing. Um, I I just think that the the middle of the defensive line, I would just like to see more more havoc from them. And I don't think I don't think we've seen it. So I'm gonna give them a C. They just kind of they've been there, haven't really um made me excited in a lot of um plays. Um, and maybe I just need to watch them more closely, but I, I just think I think we're getting more production, um, and obviously rightfully so, out of the edge and the linebackers um, with Scorton Jenkins um, leading uh, the teams with four and five and a half sacks combined, uh, respectively, and nine and a half combined. You have a couple of other guys that have two sacks but those are your main guys that are creating havoc and those two guys have been great um oc brothers um has been banged up Clyde washington banged up um i would like to see um more from them i think carloftis has been i think he's been slowly improving i'm starting to see him more involved um and being more around the ball uh, making plays, getting more sideline to sideline. And I think that, um, you know, that comes with experience. Hopefully he continues to improve because I think that having him along with Scorton and Jenkins, I think that's a good linebacker slash, you know, edge kind of tandem kind of group to corral running backs or make havoc on the, uh, on the opposing quarterback. So I would give the linebacker slash edge a B because I think those those guys have done um, a pretty good pretty good job for the most part. You know, with obviously leading the way with with Jenkins and Scorton and brothers being um, involved in the past game as well. You know, I don't I don't know if you want to throw in Sanusi Kane in that linebacker because he plays up while Thieneman plays back, but <clears throat> I'm I'm going to throw him in the defensive backs um, because he does go out on a lot of pass pass routes as well. Um, but I gave the, uh, the DBs a C plus. The only thing that's really raising that up to a C plus is Thieneman. Um, and we don't have uh, Marquise Wilson the rest of the year. So that that's a huge blow. He led the team with six passes defended. Uh, man, if you would have had him in that game on Marvison Harris, Marvin Harrison, Junior, I don't. I'm not saying that he's going to hold him down, but maybe he makes that play on the one of the first drives down the field. Maybe he deflects that um, when Harrison was kind of double covered. But Thieneman has three picks. He was a consensus uh, midseason All American, as voted on by uh, 
four major publications on three 24 seven, the athletic, I think ESPN as well. Um, so a midseason all freshman all American, I should say. Um, I, I think Cam Allen has played better. Um, I think, um, Derek Rogers, who's only been, you know, in a couple of games here. Uh, I think this experience is going to help him a lot. Um, Arquibius Brown, I, I think he's, you know, slowly getting there. Um, uh, I would like to see him improve as the, the last five games of the year continuing. Um, cause he makes some plays, but then other times you feel like he gets beat quite a bit. So I, I would just like to see continued improvement from him. So DBs, I, I'll give a C plus. Uh, the kicking game slash special teams overall. It's my worst grade. Uh, F. I have not been happy with any of the kicking situation. There are, as a team, they are three of nine from field goals. Uh, missed three last Saturday. And punting, I I feel like I see too many punts that are shanked. I just see too many. And I don't know if it's a coaching thing where you're trying to be more directional and not just, you know, kick it right at the punter. And I know that's not exactly what you want to do, but I just feel like there's more often than not, they're off the side of Ansel's foot and they just go out of bounds near midfield. I would, I would just like to see more punts that are landing inside the 20. Win the field position battle. That's, that's your job. Win the field position battle because I think I think Purdue might be one of the worst in opposing field position um, in the country. So I, I I'm have to come back to you on that stat on uh, on next Thursday's pod because I, I think it is. I don't have the number readily at hand, but it's just not been great kicking wise. And obviously the weather didn't help last week, but not really making excuses. I mean, especially when one of the field goals was from inside 30 yards. So. It was. It's just been a frustrating year from from the kicking perspective, and obviously with Freehill getting hurt, he. We'll see if he comes back, but it's just been a rough, um, rough go of it for those guys, and hopefully they can correct some things here over the bye week. So, those have been the grades. Um, tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me what grades you would kind of give. You don't have to go specific as me. If you just want to go offense, defense, special teams, head coach, team as a whole, what kind of grades would you give? Because I wouldn't want to give some of these grades. I would want to be turning that F into an A, um, you know, with a little Sharpie, you know, trying to finish out the F and make sure it's an A and then maybe a little A minus. You don't want to, you don't want to make it an A plus. You don't want to go from A an F to an A plus. You want to make it A minus. A, if you really want to push it, but I don't, I don't necessarily think this, and and we'll see. I want to see these grades improve. I, we'll probably do something similar to wrap up the year after the season is over, whether that's after the IU game or after the bowl game. We'll see. Hopefully, there is a bowl game. So, Nebraska week is coming up, and I'll have a preview pod coming up thursday morning so 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this podcast. And uh, make sure you're subscribed. If you haven't done already, you can like the video as well. You can follow on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. You can also follow me on social media at the various websites below. So this has been another edition of Purdue Football, the Behind the Rails of Purdue Football Podcast, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Network. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.